Hello and welcome to the Mommy Jerk Podcast. Today is Wednesday, September 22nd, the first day of fall. It's still pretty hot and humid here in the South, but I'm optimistic for some cooler weather. This is the very first episode of the first podcast I've ever done, so there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve here, so bear with me. This first episode is a bit of an intro. It's called Context is Important because context is important. It's a little bit of a backstory also. I hope you like it. So you're probably wondering what Mommy Jerk is and what it has to do with marketing and this podcast. First, some context. When my son was three, he did something seemingly naughty, that of which I can't even remember, but it landed him in a timeout in his bedroom. While he was in there, my husband and I listened at the door and he was talking smack and muttering under his breath. This is what we hear. You meanie. You bad girl, you mummy jerk. We laughed so hard, it was hilarious. And that was it, the name stuck. When I decided to turn my freelancing into an official business, I had to name it Mommy Jerk. PSA and warning, if you Google this name, all sorts of inappropriate things come up. I figured that our content would overtake those positions over time, so I wasn't too worried about it. Now that you have context, Here's a little background. I identify as a woman, a mom, a wife, a former pastry chef, a current local realtor, and a small business owner. I've always dreamed of having my real estate license, and in 2017, I earned it. At this point, you might be wondering what any of this has to do with marketing or building a brand. The short answer is it has to do with both, indirectly and directly. Generally speaking, Marketing and building a brand is an aspect of every business. More specifically, it's all a part of my personal journey and my story, and I'd like to share it with you. I was hesitant to go into specifics how COVID-19 has impacted me, my family, my career, and my business. However, as I began speaking with my featured guests, I started to realize that there was no real way to not talk about it. This pandemic has affected everyone on a global scale. There has never been a time in modern history where people across the world experienced something of this magnitude in real time collectively. So now it's not a question of if I should talk about it, it's more of a question about what aspects. I guess I'll start here and work my way back and through it. It is after all, what led me here to you. business is primarily referral based. This means most of my pipeline consists of folks that we already know or someone who we know knows them. We found this to be the safest and most efficient way to serve our community. It also means that we are more boutique than high volume that enables us to provide a higher level of service and attention to detail. The last 18 months of this pandemic have been a challenge for many, including us. Now when I say us, I'm speaking of my husband and I and our family. With two kids home all day in virtual school and both my husband and I home working remotely full time, it's been a challenge to run a small business simultaneously in addition to household needs, 
organization, and management. It's a balance, or maybe more like a tightrope with a tiny net. We're just grateful to have a tiny net, and we're making the most of it. But of course, every situation is different. Some folks are doing very well, while others have had to take on side hustles to ride it out. Some are unemployed or have nothing to fall back on. By now, I'm sure that you are all familiar with the sensationalized headlines and rumors about the real estate market. Many folks are thrilled and say, it's great. It's never been a better time to sell. And that's true to a degree, and it depends on the source. If you ask a buyer that same question, they are likely to have an answer in stark contrast. This is especially true for buyers without a significant cash flow for an outrageous due diligence, which helps them gain leverage over competing offers. Another thing to keep in mind is whether or not the excited seller has to turn around and purchase another home. It's possible that even though you rake it in with your sale, you will likely have to shell it right back out on your next purchase. And sellers beware. You may not find what you want or need, since we also have a record low inventory, which means much less to choose from. Even if you decide on a new build, you have to prepare for lot bidding and price fluctuations because of supply shortages that happen throughout the building process. So to say that it's been great doesn't really capture the full picture. Now don't get me wrong, I still love real estate and I'm still a licensed agent, and I still have clients, and I'm still working on my business. However, many agents that I know have had to think creatively about ways to earn money on the side until the market corrects itself, and inventory levels increase to meet the demand. Some agents have even left the industry entirely. Working for yourself in a 100% commission-based role, oftentimes without any guarantee of a paycheck, while putting most, if not all of the work up front, takes nerves of steel, a specific skill set, and an ability to shoulder a high level of risk. The real estate business can be very lucrative, but you have to have discipline and a large network to maintain a healthy pipeline. The real estate market fluctuates and it can be seasonal, so it's good to plan for rainy days, even when the sun is shining. When times of uncertainty and your personal or financial needs outweigh the benefit, it's good to have an alternate or multiple revenue streams to maintain a somewhat consistent income. Mommy Jerk Media and this podcast are my safety net. Do you remember that saying about putting on your oxygen mask first before you can help others? Well, for me, that's what this is. We go in and out of seasons, literally and figuratively, with the things in our life that change. Coincidentally, today is the first day of fall, and I'm starting my first season of my very first podcast. It's also when the real estate season starts to wind down just a little bit, and agents like myself and sellers and buyers start to slow and prepare for the holidays and gear up for next year. As the pandemic continues to force us to rethink and redefine our personal and professional lives, the best way for me to gain some control, structure, and consistency in my life and for my family is to keep my umbrella handy for rainy days ahead. So if the sun shines bright instead, I plan to make the most of it.
Okay, every character has an origin story, right? So I'll save the details of mine for another time. But for now, here's a little bit more background for more context. I've enjoyed baking for most of my life. In fact, I grew up with the nickname Master Chef. That was derived from my passion to cook and bake with a goal to become an actual professional chef. Back in 1998, I was a sophomore in college. When the opportunity to move to Arizona and attend a classical French culinary school presented itself, I jumped at the chance. Taking a long-term break from my undergraduate studies was less than ideal, but I knew that business and marketing would always be there to fall back on, and the opportunity to explore and move across the U.S. to learn how to cook and bake professionally was not something that was going to come around often. So I did it. I sold everything that wouldn't fit into my Ford Tempo sedan, and I set out to explore Route 66 and the Southwest. There were a lot of bumps and hurdles from the day I left until the day I moved back to New York four years later, but it was worth the ride. That education and experience resulted in a 12-year career as a professional French pastry chef. Life has a way of throwing you a curveball here and there. I'll save more of those stories for another day. For now, I'm going to fast forward from 1998 in Arizona to 2012 and North Carolina. 2012 was the year of my first major career shift. I was 37. From the culinary industry, I dove in headfirst to the business and tech world at a small IT company. This new career venture began in operations, and like in many small businesses, we all wore many hats. Throughout the five years I worked there, I took advantage of all of the training available to increase knowledge and develop my skills further. Operations dovetailed into marketing, and as the company grew, so did my responsibilities. Let's just say that now I had quite the hat collection. Small companies are often subject to growing pains, and after just a couple of months, my dual roles morphed into a trifecta with the addition of an HR role. While this wasn't my wheelhouse, I approached it with an open mind and made the most of it. I learned and earned my way to the top in a leadership position and narrowed my duties to the marketing manager. While I loved my team, after five years, it was time to move on and fulfill other dreams and achieve new goals. As I sit here typing this, I realize now how incredibly absurd that all was. I was working three full-time positions for one salary. Oftentimes 60, 70 hour weeks, some while pregnant and then later postpartum and nursing. I worked until noon while in the early stages of labor. Then I worked remotely after a month. I went back into the office after two months. My mom, who was freshly retired, would bring my two-month-old daughter to my office and hang out all day so I could nurse on breaks. What in the actual hell was I thinking? Was this the work-life balance everyone was talking about? First, I'll address my place of privilege and the fact that I had the luxury of a retired grandparent to provide safe, high-quality childcare for my life of overworked insanity. And honestly, the cost of daycare, while worth it for quality childcare, would have eaten up most of my salary. It was more cost-effective to just pay my mom. At the time, I didn't realize the degree to which I was being taken advantage of, but I tried to focus on the opportunities instead. The core to every aspect of my career is my foundation in business, my knowledge and skills in marketing, and my ability to adapt and shift priorities in a fast-paced environment. Now, while that sounds like it belongs on my resume, being a native New Yorker also helped. 
but years of working in hot, stressful, loud, and sexist kitchens, many of which where I was the only female, resulted in a resourcefulness, thick skin, and a creative mindset. My generation and generations before us have all worn their work addictions, abuse, and stress as a badge of honor. The older I get, and especially now that I have children, I see things much differently. Born an entrepreneur, I've always had a knack for coming up with ideas and solutions to problems. Just ask my mom. She'll be the first to tell you all my childhood stories and ideas that I had at breakfast that I turned into full-fledged, profitable micro-businesses by the end of the summer day. As an adult and a mom of two, I've realized that many of my ideas stem from an effort initiated by my mom to get me outside to burn off my endless energy. My inquisitive nature and thirst for creating often prevented me from sitting still, especially at school at my desk. Sorry, best teachers. I've never been a round peg, round hole kind of girl, and definitely more of a multifaceted object of wonder. I would rather lead the class in an immersive creative project or hold a round table discussion at the playground. As an adult, I've learned how to harness that energy and turn it into one of my strengths. All my life and career, I've felt a strong desire to create or be a part of something with a far greater purpose than just to make profit and achieve proverbial success. I've always had a little creative flame burning inside and a strong desire to march to the beat of my own drum. I like to refer to this little flame as my pilot light. She guides me along many different paths. She burns hot when she's inspired and she never seems to go out. I'm a Gen Xer. Born in the mid-70s, child of the 80s, teen of the 90s. We are the latchkey kid generation. Left alone after school a lot and forced to become independent at a young age. As a result, I learned to enjoy my own company, read books, draw, build things, cook, bake, and I played a lot of Atari and Nintendo. I kept myself entertained by thinking creatively or making things. Books and TV were an escape from loneliness. When I was scared of being home alone... I watched Oprah, This Old House, After School Specials, Looney Tunes, Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, Masters of the Universe, many more. This time period enabled me to learn many interesting things and fueled my passion to work for myself one day. Growing up, I struggled in school. Many folks in my hometown didn't understand how to teach and empower young girls. Many still don't, and especially girls with ADHD. Everyone was taught in the same way, expected to learn in the same way, and achieve the same grades. This is not an environment that encourages independent thought or creativity. Girls in my generation, and many before us, but hopefully not many after, were taught to keep our heads down and our mouths shut. Do well in school, get a job. Don't change jobs too much. Even if you're unhappy, if it pays well, even if it doesn't pay well, be grateful you have a job. Find a husband get married, buy a house, and have babies all before you're 30 while looking good, not getting fat, and smiling. This is an unhealthy and unrealistic expectation that many girls and women have been held to for generations. This mindset stifles creativity, independence, and crushes dreams. This so-called guidebook to a shitty unhappy life led many of us down the wrong path for years and years. It took 45 years dozens of books, years of therapy, one failed marriage, three career changes, a global pandemic, and a trip to the ER in 2020 to set me straight, 
help me understand my worth, and to stop living my life for everyone else. Here are some takeaways that I had while in pandemic isolation. You are enough just as you are. Love yourself. Be yourself. It's okay to have body fat and curves. Just be healthy. It's okay to say no, even if it is an inconvenience to others. It's okay to be a stay-at-home mom. It's okay to be a working mom. It's okay to send your kids to daycare or have a nanny. Don't be a hater. You all know if we could afford a nanny or daycare, we'd all do it. It's okay if your kids get on your nerves and you need a break from them. It's okay if you'd rather play Legos with your kids over going out. It's okay if you don't want to have kids. It's okay to admit that you need help. Ask for help. Stretch. Breathe. Drink more water. Stop feeling guilty for needing time to yourself. It's okay to change your mind about anything that you want. Just understand that there are consequences for the negative stuff and people will express their opinions about it. Stop caring about other people's opinions. Do what is best for you and your family. It's okay to have more than one passion. It's okay to change majors, jobs, or careers. It's okay if you didn't go to college. It's okay if you are still paying off your student loans from college. Harness your youthful energy. Learn from others who have the knowledge to share. Turn your weaknesses into strengths. Be honest and kind, especially to yourself. The last 18 months of this pandemic forced me to listen to that pilot light, revise my goals, and make choices that bring me joy. I read a lot and I listened to a lot of podcasts. I learned I was not alone and there are millions of women who share similar feelings and struggles. I learned that it is okay to do what I need to do to be happy to earn a living, to raise my kids, and have a happy, healthy marriage. Most importantly, I learned that I have the gift of my story, my experiences, my skills, and the ability to help others who may feel the same. This sparked an idea. That idea was Mommy Jerk. The whole point of working for yourself and owning your own business is to have autonomy and freedom with your time. One of the great things about real estate is the ability to work as much or as little as your lifestyle allows. It can also be seasonal. So in times when business is slow or the market changes, I can adjust and pivot as needed. The pandemic changed and continues to change the way we live and work. Rather than allow it to consume me and derail my goals and plans, I'm going to work alongside it. My goal with this business and this podcast is to reach you. Yes, you. Our very first season is packed with stories, tips, and strategies to inspire you, to let you know you're not alone, and to help you turn your passions, your dreams, and your goals into a reality. So goodbye for now, but not for long. I'll be back here and there in between episodes to tell more of my story, and sometimes to answer listener questions. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on social media and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you like our show and you'd like to help us keep the lights on, please subscribe and contribute whatever you can. Every effort is greatly appreciated.